This podcast is given to you by Arloka David Smith, teacher and founder of the Dharma Mind Buddhist Group. For more information, please go to dharmamind.net. Well, yesterday uh, very much went into the into the subject of of insight, which is a very crucial feature of our of our of our training of, of this practice is what it is because it's insight that that, that liberates you that that changes you, and if insight changes you, that that change is something natural. It's not a simply a case of changing one persona for another, one personality for another. There's something that falls away and that, that part of you that's unconditioned, the real part of you, begins to shine through. And that change becomes real. It's a real thing. It's not, it's not a conditioned change. And that's the path. That's the path to, to complete uh, unconditioning. And then when you're unconditioned, you're free and you're, and you're at home with yourself. So insight is not, a, is not an option. And, and if insight doesn't interest you, then this training is not for you. It's for some, if, you're, if you're interested, it, you, it comes in, and, and I always say to you that silence and that stillness is, is, is absolutely crucial, which it is, but you've got the silence and you've got the insight. These are the two pillars, which is common in all Buddhism. But but they have different features in different traditions, and they have different angles and different uh, perspectives, which lead to different insights. They don't all necessarily lead to the same insight, even though we are all on the same path. There's only one path, but insight can come in many different well shades, if that's the right word, um, or, 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 or or depths of clarity and breadth of clarity. This isn't, this isn't a, just a one-off thing, a black and white thing. Oh, certainly is not. That whole path of insight, well, it's it, it's infinite, and it, it, and your type of training will condition will condition what you see. You don't get something that you don't that you don't prepare yourself for. So when things do change in, in a radical in a radical way, uh, it's not the same for everybody. And it certainly does differ within traditions. You've only got to read the scriptures, read, read, the, read the, the stuff that, that, that come out of those traditions. You can see that this is not a black and white thing at all. And this has its own characteristics, its own, its own breadth, if you like, and its own depth. That doesn't get any deeper because we don't put anything in the way and we open to everything. So the insight that, that can come out, not necessarily will, but can come out of here, um, has no limit. So, touching on the insightful side of things, which is what I did yesterday, and encouraging you to bring, as I say, 
I don't care. It's, this doesn't matter whether you're a good sitter or somebody who's got... I'm not, I'm not going to say the word bad sitter, but somebody who can concentrate and somebody who can't, somebody who can still themselves, and others that just never seem to be able to, to, to still themselves. Um, if that's the way it is for you now, well, hopefully that will change, but that doesn't, that doesn't take you away from cultivating insight. This is for everybody, because insight comes on infinite levels. There are some clearly more refined states that are more conducive that will take you, take you to a depth that you will never experience if you don't have that stillness. But like I say, the depth of insight is not a black and white thing. It, it, it moves from... It has infinite, infinite, infinite layers. And each one leads to the next one. So if you happen to be on one layer, wherever it is, then that's fine, and then hopefully that will open up and you'll begin to <coughs> develop a, great, a greater depth. So don't exclude yourself. You're not a hopeless case. Don't think that you can't do this and you're wasting your time and all the rest of it because that's just simply... That's not the Dharma. That's not the compassion of the Dharma. The Dharma doesn't pick and choose who it, who it shines through. It doesn't have favourites. It's there for every 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 sentient being. It's there for all human beings, at least, to to attain what is possible for you to attain. So you can get away from that one. And even if you even if you can't really get much much stillness when you're on the cushion, that doesn't stop stop you pondering, reflecting, looking in throughout your day. Your comings and goings in your ordinary daily life and all your experiences, the people in your life, the situations, the circumstances, watching your reaction, watching your relationship to all of those experiences, looking in, looking in, being alive and being aware and being with yourself whilst you experience these, these, these events that are taking place in your life continually from when you get up in the morning until last thing at night, you can reflect, you can reflect and look in and ponder and learn to be still, find a still place and, 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 and observe yourself, look at yourself, see your habits, see the things that you're holding on to, see the things that, that, that possess you, that you can't shake off, open to them, don't run away from them, don't marginalise them, take the opportunity to, to look, bring that mirror-like quality that we've all got, that awareness has got, that, that mirror-like quality that sees that you don't have to have opinions, you don't have to start putting yourself in, in different compartments labelling yourself and, and very often condemning yourself but rather just observe and see and begin to get some sense of where, it's, where these things come from what they, were, that they, don't, they don't drop out the sky they are things that you create, whether you want to believe that or not. Whether you, whether you want to spend your life blaming your mother and your father and events and history in your life and your boss and your wife and your husband, that it's all their fault, therefore, therefore it's not my responsibility, I can't do anything about this, it's nothing to do with me, and just push it all to one side and then, and then leave. No. You create everything. You have to take responsibility for every thought that comes into your mind, every thought that you chase, you hold on to, that comes and grabs you. Every every thought, every every word, every everything that comes out of your mouth, and every action that you that you perform with your with your 
with your body, you have to own all of those things. Take responsibility for everything. And when you take responsibility, then you can begin to own those things and you can begin to see, well, they're my possession. I own these things, therefore I can do something with these things. I can hold, I can, I can light them, I can, I can, I can, I can uh, 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 feed them and, and, and uh, keep the thing going and indulge in them. Or I can, or I can look at them and, and say, well, I don't want these anymore. How do I, how do I, how do I let these things go? How do I get rid of these, these bits that I don't like, that I don't want, that bring me suffering, that bring me fear, these things that just seem to possess me, and the greed, and the anger, and all of the, and all of the, all of the, all of the different emotional ex- experiences that we have around um, these experiences, <clears throat> we can do something with these. You can do something about all of those. And the way you start is the way you get as close and as intimate as you can with them without being carried away by them, whatever they may be. Watch them with, with intense interest. Watch yourself. There's, no, there's nobody more interesting in the world than yourself. Go out there looking for entertainment. If you want entertainment, look at yourself. You'll be surprised how you work, how the thing, how the thing just is there how it how it how how it is how you are is it's just an amazing exploration how it's all put how you think it's like this and how you think it's out there is because of this as i say this person and that this event that event is all out there but when you when you look in and you see that it, it's there that's something that you're you're screwing together you're you're you're, you're, you're fitting together within you continually. See, well, look, I'm not, this wasn't there till I engaged with it. Something came up and I engaged with it and I can see I'm reinforcing it. I'm making it bigger. I'm making it, I'm giving it roots stronger. I'm feeding it. I'm watering it so that it, so that all the time it becomes ever more powerful, ever more possessive and see that you're doing it. Don't blame anybody else. Look at yourself and see what what do I need to do to to, to, to so this thing goes away. <laughs> I don't want it, or even something that you enjoy that actually also got a such a possessiveness over you that you know you'd like to put that to one side from time to time, and you can't. <clears throat> that possesses you also. But you need to get close. You need to watch, ever to be ever vigilant, to watch and to look and get as close as you can to something. And in order for you to get close to yourself and to whatever has come up, you need to, to open to it, say yes to it and embrace it. If you're going to react to it, you either get completely blinded by it or if you don't like what you see, you push it away. You're not going to see something that you've buried and so then nothing changes and it will just keep coming and coming whenever and you will follow the habit and feed it and on and on it goes so you have to learn to be still you have to learn to be with and observe, observe, look 
get close to it, get as close as you can, get inside of it. You don't have to do anything, but you can observe it and you can sit and you can begin to see how you are reacting and how you are how you are how you are keeping something going and how you're holding on and feeding and how you are responsible for it. And so maybe you begin to see that and maybe then you begin to act upon that and you begin to say, Well I'm not going to follow it like I've done in the past. And so you can begin to stop feeding it or feeding it very little so that the thing begins to lose its whatever. But at least you're beginning to see that actually you're taking responsibility and actually you're now actioning on something. And that's not even getting on the Christian. So this isn't for people who can meditate. What, what you can do on the Christian, what you can't do in your daily life, is you can get even more intimate with yourself because you create an environment of stillness of... of less distractions, you're not distracted and pulled around, things are taken away so that you're just left with yourself so that you can learn to be still and the more still you can become, the clearer the water gets, as I say, the very simple simple analogy of, of, of trying, to, trying to peer into a pool of water, try to peer in and sit, to, look, to look to the bottom of a pool of water, but, but on the surface is an agitation a ripple, just even a little breeze. Look at the lake out there. Just a little breeze that will come along and just ruffle the surface and you can't see any depth at all. But as soon as the wind stops, the breeze stops and, 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 the, and the water becomes like a sheet of glass on the top. You look and you can see right, right through and your mind is exactly like that. And those ripples are your thoughts and distractions. Learn to let them go. And when you let them go, you can begin to see ever deeper, ever, ever, ever deeper. So you can get to the bottom, to the root of these things that you are, that make up who you are. And see the attachment that you have for these things. Because if you don't have attachment, and some sort of self-identity around them, something that makes you hold them, even if you hate them, Somehow you're gripping hold of them. You're, you're having a relationship with them. That, 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 when, that, that when you do that, you lose, you lose any sense of being able to see, and, 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 uh, to be able to see into them and, and, and to get to know them. So you can see that it's your attachment. It's called attachment. And if you don't have attachment, then these things will be like... <clears throat> like the lake, when it's undisturbed, it will be flat and still and transparent. That's the path of insight. So you're always looking for stillness, always looking for clarity. Now whether it's just, on whatever, <coughs> on whatever level, A, what you're capable of, and whatever time of the day, whatever your situation, so this can be with you, even in, even in sleep, never mind in your waking hours, even in your sleep. You can, you can be alive, know you're dreaming, 
see what the dream is going on there, see, see what, what is happening within your dream and know, and know that you're dreaming and you've got some sense of control and some sense of understanding and you're not just a victim of what's going on. I'm not saying that that's easy. It isn't. But there you are. There's, there's another opportunity if it comes your way. And whenever, you, whenever, you, whenever you're seeing, whenever you're be beginning to get some clarity, it means that you're with yourself, you're at home. You're absolutely the centre of who you are. You're not lost in the world. You're not out there. You're not in, in, in duality. But you're, but you're very, very much with yourself. That's where the Dharma is. Here, and that's in your body. That's where the Dharma is, and that's where that, that, the medicine... The thing that, that cures that cures all of your attachment is to be is to be discovered and taken. And the stiller you are, the better. That's the principle. That's the simple principle. But that doesn't exclude you if you don't have that. And I'm, we've got the the the, uh, the image of a blue sky, which is a lovely image of a of a bright open something that's not. Uh, cluttered in any way, something that's free and open, that's still, that is permanently shining, with a clarity and a, and a brightness. That's that's if you like, that's where we go, and that's your aspiration. But even in that, even even that is not enough. We still need to be looking, looking. Looking and and, and 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 polishing and get a, getting a greater greater clarity because this is an on and off thing. It's a greater clarity, and this is the white cloud and the tools of insight, whatever they may be. For us, we don't have any formal set of things where you you pick them up and you use them. A system, a method. That's not what we do because we are opening to the whole of life. We're not picking and choosing. We sit on the cushion and we, we bring stillness to ourselves. And we may reflect upon something that comes up with inside of us, in, inside the, the, some, some thoughts, some feelings that you have that, that, that attract you, that, that you want to look into. But in the midst of all of that, a bird starts singing. A plane goes overhead. We don't, oh, get those distractions away from me. Go and shut the door, shut the window. I can't stand those noises. Those chickens, God, they just never stop clucking. That tractor that's driving by, which is what we've had over the years. And, I mean, this is a very quiet place, but nothing, nowhere yesterday, we had a couple of aeroplanes. You don't, you don't react to that. That's not the spirit. There are plenty of practices where you do react to that, and you shut the doors and you shut the windows, and you start moaning and complaining because you're being distracted. Because we have an open environment, we have an open spirit, we, we look into everything that comes into our experience. So that when something comes, somebody goes by with a strimmer and makes a noise, look at your reaction to that strimmer. How are you feeling? What, what, it's not tell that bloke to go away with that thing. What, how, how are you reacting to that? Can you accept it? Or are you making a problem? Are you making a mountain out of this experience? So that becomes your that becomes your 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 object of meditation. That becomes your 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 
the, the experience that you have that you can look into and, and, and with insight and get to see. That's our spirit. We don't have, we don't have a set way of doing things. <clears throat> In the same way that you can hear a bird, which most of us find very, a very pleasant sound, so we don't react in a, in a negative way. But you can sit there and you can listen to it, and if you're still, and, and because of the nature of our, of our, of our stillness, our stillness isn't something that's, that's narrow and restricted. It isn't a concentration, but rather, but rather a, a, a discovering your natural condition that has no parameters. We call awareness. That's, that, that's completely open. I mean, that's that's your blue sky. That's your openness there. And within that, this is where you can rest. This is where you can ponder yourself. Where you can ponder, for example, a bird. It's a very attractive sound, not something that makes you recall like a plane or a tractor, but something pleasant like a, like a bird. And for example, you can open up to that and begin to wonder because you have the sense of openness and inclusivity that you're not reacting and sticking things, pushing things away, but open to that and, and maybe even begin to ponder, well, is there really a space between me and that bird that's out there on that tree? Which is how I've always experienced it. Is there really, is there really a space? Hang on. I'm beginning to find it very difficult to marginalise that, that 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 sound, that, that, that very attractive experience. So you can go down that road and begin to wonder about inside and outside. Is there really such a thing as inside and outside? Am I really separate from that bird? <clears throat> or is there something that's... You see, you have a completely... So I call it a playground. We don't have rules in that sense. The, the rule is, is one of discipline and commitment. So don't misunderstand that. This isn't anarchy. Anything but anarchy. It needs commitment. <clears throat> and it, may, it requires your willingness to come to the experience, whatever it may be. But then it opens, and and you have so many so many ways of, of of experiencing it, of looking at it. All of them, are, all of them, are coming back and reflecting upon how you see the world and how you created the world, as you as as you imagine it to be, as you, <coughs> as you think it is. And because you you think the world is 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 like this, that's why we suffer, because actually the world that you create uh, is not the truth. It's a misunderstanding. You misunderstand your experiences. And when you misunderstand or you misinterpret, um, we get it wrong. And when we get it wrong, we create suffering <coughs> because we're not in harmony with how it is. This is why we suffer. So you have to know... You have to understand this misunderstanding, this misinterpretation, so you can begin to see that, that it's all your own creation, so you can begin to let it go. When you let it go, you come into harmony with everything. You become at one with everything. And there's no more angst, no more sense of fear, separation, loneliness. All of these things fall away. All of your, all of your attachments, all of the things that possess you, all of your life. Now you understand. When you understand them, they fall away. They're only there. All these things 
they're created because you don't understand. They have no reality beyond your lack of understanding. They don't have roots that go somewhere that have nothing to do with you. You can't do anything about. Everything about anything is your own creation. And when you understand it, it will, it will vanish. It will vanish. And it will, do you know why it will vanish? Because it's not even there in the first place. That's, that's how it can vanish. It has no substance. But we need to create this openness, this, this, this skylight, this blue sky openness that's paradoxical. In itself, it is free and it's open. Nothing touches it. Nothing, nothing interfe- interferes with it in any way, shape or form. And yet at the same time, everything was, is, is contained within it. That's the paradox of what is your true nature. And it's, and it's that that we're slowly returning to. Paradoxically, we've never left it, but we're returning. And that's only possible with that cultivation of insight. And the thing that you need, that you need to get to know about more than anything, not so much the bird, which is, which is a lovely thing, and the reality of that experience, but what you need to know is you've got to know yourself and how you're constructed and what you've done to yourself and, and, the, and, the, and the, the pickle that you've got yourself into with yourself and all the things that you hold on to. There requires the intimacy of always looking in, becoming intimate with something, never running away, opening and embracing the emotion that these things have that drive them to learn to stay, to learn to look and to see and get to the bottom of. <clears throat> and just from my own personal experience, and I don't know um, in terms of Vipassana, um, you know, what you create, what, what this whole world of yours is what you create. And everything that you create has three characteristics <clears throat> that whether you like to accept it or not, or believe it or not, everything is, is, is impermanent. But it's, that everything is in the flux, even though at times you're convinced things aren't in the flux, that they are never going to change. And that everything has fundamental, when you look, everything has this, this thing called dukkha, this unsatisfactoriness there. That's something, that's some, whatever it is, 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 never, is never, never truly at peace. And the other, and the other one, and the other one is is that is that nothing has self nature, and that to me is the big one. Nothing has self nature. What that means is that there is nothing that, that is independently got it that, that, that is a self, but that actually everything is a, is a collection of a collection of circumstances that happen to be come together at that time that all come together. You then convinced is a is a is a person is a thing isn't it is a, is a self, but in fact when you when you look closely at it you see that it's just a a b c d all come together, and you misunderstand what you see and you take hold of it and you create a self. That's what we believe. But when you're still, you can take you can you can look at yourself with one of those perspectives. When you're still, 
especially on the cushion, but you can do it in your life actually, but you, especially on the cushion. When you look at yourself and you see yourself holding on to something, and you are convinced that here I am, this is me, look, and this is, this is an aspect of me, hmm? well go and look for yourself, hold that thing, stay with that thing, whether it be pleasant or unpleasant, stay with it, embrace it, go and find yourself, you're convinced, it must, it must be a part of me because I hold on so tightly to it, I can't let it go. That it's got to, this is me, for goodness sake. What are you talking about? I've never questioned this in my life. Well, in that stillness, go and, go and find yourself. Go and look for, for you. Hmm? That you're this solid, well, because you, you do think that you're a solid entity. You're convinced that you are this thing that you call self, me. And you don't, you just, it's undeniable. And you do anything to protect that assumption. Look at it. Be still. Go in there. Look for yourself. See if you can find this person. Maybe when you get close to it, this entity, this solid thing here, that when you get close to it, you begin to see that actually it's, it, it's a collection of, of other... Say, you know, like the one Dharma. Objects are called Dharmas, with a small d an object, and you're an object. So you look at this dharma, you look at this dharma, and you look closely, and you stay with it, even though it can be not very pleasant, it can have all sorts of emotions around it, because it's alive, it's not a dead thing. This is actually experiencing something that's living, and you, and you look at it, you look at this dharma, which, 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 you, which you've labelled me, whatever your name is. Hmm? This is a part of me, this, this is who I am. Look at that. And you look close enough. Maybe begin to see that actually, well, hang on a minute. There are other dharmas here. Not one thing. There are, there are several dharmas. Hang on a minute. There's only me. It's like looking at a car. As I've used that analogy. You look at a car. Oh, isn't that beautiful? There it is over there. And I'm going to buy that. I'm going to own that. It's going to be, it's going to be my number one possession. It's going to be the most important possession in my life. And I can be absolutely in love with that car. And you take that car as being one thing. You don't look at that car and say, oh, isn't that a lovely collection of nuts and bolts, doors, bits of steel, bits of some water oil, rubber, all welded together, screwed together. You don't think in those... How can you fall in love with that? You fall in love with the image that all of those bits, when they're put together, create. And you fall in love with that. But that's not its reality... Its reality is that it's a collection of things. And that's how the self is. But we would never look at ourselves and say, I'm just a collection of things. We think ourselves as, as, as a solid, as a, as a one thing, like a one car. It's a one thing. Well, you be still, you look at that and you see what happens. <clears throat> then you begin to wonder, well, how on earth can I be attached to this? Well, it's just a collection of nuts and bolts. Why am I so wrapped up in this? Why is it so so important? I'll kill for it. I'll, I'll kill to protect, literally. It's what we do in this world. Anything to protect me. But you see that, I know, how can I be in love with all these bits that, 
they're coming and going all the time, and I don't know where they come from, and what happens, they go, and then another bit will come, and they're all sort of coming and congeal like this. And you grab it. <clears throat> when you begin to see things like that, then you begin to get a little bit disinterested or not, not quite so keen on grabbing it, grabbing whatever it may be, whatever that particular thing experience that you're looking at that, that was something you, that you held on whether it was pleasant or unpleasant but now you begin to see it in a different light that is it really worth grabbing hold of not only not only is it not only is it a collection of things but damn me these things keep going into change they're there they're there one minute and then it goes and then another one comes along and I think and I think it's one solid entity and not only is it a collection of bits, but those bits don't even hang, hang around very long. They go off to be replaced by another bit. That's called impermanence. You're seeing how things really are. That's how things are. And if you begin to see how things really are, you just become more and more dispassionate. You don't chase things because you know, hang on, it's not like that at all. So you could begin to let go. Why would you want to chase something that's just bits? Why would you want to chase nuts and bolts? Hang on a minute, that's just a collection of nuts and bolts. Okay, that's the way it is, but okay, then I'll just, when it comes along, I'll say hello and then just leave it and let it go. Not grab it and turn it into something else, which it, which it isn't. That's what we do. So you can begin to unpick whatever. That's the path of insight. So that you become more and more dispassionate towards things, so they don't become the be-all and the end-all in your life. That you can let things go, because things are always changing. Rather than you grab something and you want to keep it forever, or, or, or keep it on your terms for as long as you want, whether it be a person or, or, not, or, or an object, keep, hold on at all costs, whereas in fact that thing is, is changing all the time, especially people, which is the most important experience in our life, of other people, not cars and objects, but other people, and how we want to hold on to them. You meet them, they're this sort of person, and you want that person to be like that forever or into the future. You are this sort of person. What you don't appreciate is that person is in a state of flux. It's changing. Not only that person, but you also. You're changing, they're changing. And that relationship can change, and yet somehow you're desperately holding on. No, 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 you're this sort of person. What are you doing changing? You can't change. You, you are this sort of person. You've got to be like this. Hence, hence we get trouble, because we don't appreciate impermanence. We don't appreciate the reality. We don't understand the reality of the things that we're holding on to. But they're not what we think they are. This is why we suffer. We, we, we're, we're, we're fighting. We're defying the law of nature. We're, we're, we're creating something that has no reality. That car is not the reality. The reality of that car is the is a collection of bits. The car is not a reality. 
And when you and when you create something like that, there's always there's always going to be changing. There's always going to be slipping through your fingers. You're going to suffer, <clears throat> and you have to wake up to this and learn to let things go. Experience, enjoy, live, whatever, but don't hold on because it's not like that. It's something that it's this mystery, this moving all the time, and actually you can enjoy it far far more. If you don't hold on, far, far more, you don't suffer when things go into change. You just, that's the way it is. This is the path. You see, this whole insight path. You know, you can, you can, you can bring it all down to a technique, if you like, and there are lots of that. This Samadhi Vipassana thing that's very, rife, that's very rife in the world, and it's got great value. I'm not criticising it. But that's not that this is what it's all about. There, there, are, there, are, there are so many different avenues, so many different ways that you can work your way into, into reality, into the truth. And when you find the truth, you become free because you let go of what you've been holding on to. You go beyond suffering. But unless you embark upon that, you'll never know the truth and you'll always be holding on and creating what is your own imagination has no reality at all hence you suffer so for us we have, as I all said to you this is an open form this is a playground the insight there we always 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 for us as I've said it over and over and I've had a period when I spoke about almost nothing else this, this stillness this silence is crucial the more stillness the more silence that you have the more you're going to see, the more you have the potential for you seeing it. This is your blue sky. This is, this, is, this is creating your blue sky. That's full of clouds. Well, it's not a blue sky, it's just an experience of cloudiness. But you're beginning to let the clouds go. They're beginning to, to fade and to beginning to melt. And, and you're getting shafts of light coming through that. And you're beginning to, to get a sense of something beyond the clouds. That's not touched by anything, and it's, well, it's the blue sky, and so you let more go, and the more still you are, especially on the cushion, you can let all your clouds go and just have a blue sky, and and it's a, and it's a wonderful experience because sure you're you're uncluttered. Of course, it's going to be a lovely experience. It's uncluttered, but that's not enough. That can be very seductive. You can say, "Oh, fantastic!" Like lying on the beach. Blue sky. What more? What more could you ask for? I've done it. Here I am, bask, basking in the, in the blue sky and the and the brightness that comes from the blue sky, and think that that's it. It's not. It's not. You can do that if you want, but it won't. It won't you won't get to know the reality of things. You can enjoy it for as long as it lasts, and it won't last very long, actually. <clears throat> you have to keep coming, stoking it up all the time. But we have the blue sky. But also, we don't fall into passivity. We have the white cloud, which is one of activity. It's one of making use of the blue sky, of using it, having it, having it as its as its as its um, workspace, as its playground, so that it can it can. 
so that you, you the, the, the paradox that you can experience too, you can experience stillness, but also you can experience active insight at the same time as being still. That's where you go with this. So you always retain that brightness, that expansive awareness. But at the same time, you can, you can look into things. <clears throat> And that, when it when it gets to that, when it gets to that, to that um, that state that state of refinement, your your insightfulness is not something crude, but very refined, going beyond thought. Because thoughts can distract you very quickly, but thoughts can lead to this is what pondering. When you ponder, pondering isn't really thinking. Thinking can lead you to pondering. You can you can think without words. You can direct your mind and, and feel feel things without getting into a lot of discursiveness about things. And this is where that insight becomes much more refined. So that the cloud and the the cloud, the, the blue sky and the cloud, are not distinguished, are not separate. And traditionally, this is called silent illumination. The silence. The silence of, of, of the blue sky, the uncluttedness, the stillness of the blue sky. And the illumination means that, that that blue sky is not something dead, but is something alive, something that knows. And that whole insightful thing is taking you to the, to the point of, of such refinement that, 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 uh, that you, that you can begin to shine through, you can begin to see, begin to know without falling into discursiveness, the knower. And all the time it's, it's looking and, it, and, it's, and it's polishing and it's clearing and it's clearing, but on, a, on, a, on, a, on an ever more subtle level. This is called silent illumination. And that's where this is our aspiration. So that we reach that, we reach that exalted state that's not just sitting and basking, but is actually active and is and, and, and ever more become, becoming knowing and knowing, <clears throat> silently illuming. Illumination means insight, means brightness, means waking up, means seeing, and means knowing. You illuminate, become ever brighter. But always in, but always in, in an environment of stillness. There, and you'll do that on the cushion. The more, the more, the more that you learn to be still, the more you learn to be open and expansive. The more you can just, you can just begin to see and, and begin to know. And that's that's where this will take you. But whether you're there or whether you're, oh, I can't sit, I can't concentrate. For, more than two seconds. You're still on the same path. You are where you are, and that's absolutely fine, and that's your starting point. So that we're always we're always aspiring to our natural condition, which is one of this is your true nature. You know, we start our meditation with this thing called concentration, and I've read recently. Um, a teaching by 
Well, he certainly had a Chinese name, whether he was Chinese or not, I suspect that he was. Um, you know, I encourage you, I suggest to you to have this concentration thing at the beginning, just to, just to knock the edges off your, off your distracting mind, where you concentrate, where you become one-pointed. That's called concentration. Concentration means that you, you funnel, your, you put blinkers on and you funnel yourself in like this. And you keep all, you, you have no sense of, a, 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 of the bigger picture and you don't want it because you just want to get that mind to become still. And when that mind becomes a bit still, then you let go of that blinkers, blinkered thing and, and, you, and you come into that expansiveness. That expansiveness, and if you can do that without this concentration, because I do know that this teaching, he, he very much condemned it, and quite right too, because that is a dualistic thing. That is the summative personal thing that we hear about, where you shut everything down, all your distractions. You don't, you don't, you don't have the tractor going by, or the planes flying over that freaks you out, and you get upset because they're disturbing your concentration because you're like this, okay. and then you bring your insight to that very narrow. Um, state of consciousness <clears throat> I encourage you to do that but don't dwell there and if you can do without it do without it just 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 sit just be there just have this sense of just just be with your natural condition your awareness isn't like this at all you make it like this you shut it down intentionally who you really are that that part of you that part of you that we call awareness look at us Suggested it. Have a look at your awareness. Where's this? Where? Where does it? Where's? It, what is its limits? Does it start here? Here and here? Is it this big? You won't find it has any, any, uh, any designation. It's not an object. You make it into an object, and that's it's not its natural condition. So that is unnatural for us. Even condemned. Don't get attached to it. Use it as a tool, as a skillful means. And as soon as you can let it go, the better. Because that's not where we're going. We're not narrowing ourselves down. We're opening ourselves up. And everything, it's crystal and mill, everything is, is our potential to get to know ourselves. Everything you experience in life, whether you consider it to be external or internal, everything is a path to your awakening without picking and choosing and I think that's the spirit, and that's what what I mean when I point to the blue sky, that concept that I gave you, what it was, two or three years ago. I hope you can grasp that in some way, because it's very important, because this is really, this is really the... Uh, <laughs> the optimum, the optimum practice that take you to that blue sky and, and throws that door open into your true nature. Because we're not interested in, in, in the conditioned. We are definitely aspiring to the unconditioned. Where we are where we are at peace, eternal peace, where we're not caught by this self and this world that we create. We're turning our back on it and looking looking into the into the into into the unknown, 
into who we, into who we really are, opening ourselves to it. This insight path will take you there, because it has no limits. It has no no restrictions, and you'll find ever more that it's pointing pointing in into 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 that great mystery of life. <clears throat> where true freedom and liberation is to be found. And this is, if you want to call it a path, that makes you feel good. Call it a path, but it's only a, it's only a provisional. That it's, you wake up there, there is no path, eventually. But that's okay. And this, this is what this training, and this is what I've offered you. This is how I formulated it so that you can start with the more mundane, look at your restlessness and your emotions and all of those things, and always be referring to them. But the aspiration is, is then to come to, to what is your true nature, to, 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 to ever more aspire to, to, that, to that part of you <clears throat> that you discover, you, that you don't make, you, you, you discover... But that discovery is not going to be possible until you learn to let go of all the stuff that you hold on to. That's why we have insight. Insight is is destroying that part of that 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 which we hold on to, that which distracts us. So that when it falls away, when it shows what it is, what its reality is, it opens up into into your freedom, into your into your peace, into your into your into your true nature. I think that would do for today.